<laughs> I don't have an intro, man, and I I don't really care to get one because I mean, does an intro make you listen more? It might, um, but you know, I don't care. So until I I don't want to be like, hey y'all, welcome back, because that feels like not my ministry. That feels like I'm trying to be something that I'm not. I'm not a hey y'all kind of person. Um, I'm more like, what's up? What's up with cuz? You feel me? You're like, how you live in Biggie Smalls? Ah! I think I found it. Anywho, welcome back. Mechisode 6, I should say. Disclaimer, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a prophetess. I'm just a Mecca. I am somebody who heavily believes in Christ. I am somebody who believes that you need to know the Bible, to study the Bible, and things like that. I believe that the Bible is here as a blueprint on how we should live our lives and how we can get the best out of this life on earth until it's time, you know, for our next life, resurrection of Jesus, the rapture, all of that. Um, the purpose of I'm Saved, I think, is just in the title. I question my salvation and I imagine other people question their salvation because I've been doing it my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love Jesus and I go to church and Bible study and I pay my tithes and I do all these things. But like, also, I want to fight people still. All of those things that make you question your salvation are oftentimes things that other, other believers, sometimes the person sitting next to you in the pew is also questioning. Or, or feeling like this is a disqualifier. Like my questioning of I was me being saved wasn't because I needed to um, assimilate or be like the person next to me. I just felt, my bad. I just felt like if I wasn't saved, I'm not gonna make it into heaven. And I wanna make it into heaven. I don't wanna go to hell. I don't wanna live this life and I go to hell. Hell is not comfortable. Hell don't, hell don't even seem comfortable. It's a whole bunch of torment. And I just feel like I ain't lived this life that I lived to then go to hell. I got the knowledge that I got. So with the wisdom of my life and the reading of the word, you put that together and I got some mediocrely good advice. But really, I just wanted to create a community of people who can share their ups and downs comfortably, where when they do sin or when they do fall short, they do not allow sin, excuse me, shame and guilt to keep them from the kingdom. So boom, here we are. That's enough talking for right now. Let's get to the nitty gritty of what we're here for, what you guys came here for. Today's title is Help, I need somebody help, not just anybody. If you guys do not like that I can't sing, this is not the podcast for you because I'm a singer in my mind, okay? But not in real life. Uh, but the title is Help, I need somebody help. If you uh, didn't guess what the topic's gonna be on, we're talking about depression and anxiety today. Uh, well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about depression and anxiety, but really the topic is mental health in the church. What that looks like, uh, if that's possible, is it a real thing, and how do we approach it, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's what we're talking about today. Mental health in the church, 
with the emphasis on depression and anxiety because that's what I that's what I know. I can't tell y'all something I don't know. <clears throat> okay. So in 2018, I got a diagnosis from an actual doctor, not like a at-home doctor or a street physician of depression and anxiety. This was after I had attempted to kill myself um, and ended up in the hospital, you know, the 24-hour watch and doing all that jazz. But it wasn't the full 24 hours. But you, you, you get it. I was there. You know what I'm saying? They checked me in. <laughs> Amen. And that was what I call the beginning of my new life. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, prior to 2018, I had been what I now know is depressed for, see, in 2018, I was 23 turning 24. So I had been depressed uh, from the ages of 15 and up like actively depressed, not just feeling depressive moments, but actively with living with depression from 15. So, uh, 15 to 24, 23, 24, I lived this chunk of life of time without a diagnosis, without answers, just my own answers. Um, and that those eight years, um, those eight years were a time, uh, like a lot of people, a lot of people that I know, I grew up in church and I didn't like grow up in church. And then I like straight away, like some people do. And I'm not judging you, you know, I'm not, I'm not judging you, but I was in church. Uh, I loved God. I loved my relationship with God. I didn't really, um, I didn't really see any faults in God. I still don't. Um, and life was life, but God was God. And God was always bigger than the problem. Always like my focus point was G-O-D. A lot of my friends knew me as a church friend. I was a friend that would bring friends from school or friends that I knew to church every once in a while, whenever they wanted to come. I was always inviting my friends to church like, y'all niggas need to get on this Jesus train. <laughs> and um, so dealing with what I now know was depression and anxiety did not match what I knew about church. When you are raised in church, you are around church culture. Church culture does not always mirror God and who he is and what he wants for us, but it is still the culture of the church. Um, and so church culture has this, uh, this stigma regarding mental illness and mental health. Honestly, like a lot of the world, but I'm not talking about the world because the world's not my problem, church. Uh, it's just hard to live with a mental health issue in general, but the church views a lot of things like this as a spirit. And let me say, I am not saying that it's not a spirit because I've, I've seen the spirit of depression on somebody. And then when they are delivered from it, it is, it's gone. I've seen the spirit, like all different types of spirit. I've seen spirits cast out of people. So I'm never going to say that the, uh, the spirit of something cannot cannot be because it absolutely can be but for me it wasn't a spirit i spent eight years legitimately eight years trying to cast out this spirit and somewhere along year like six or seven i got really discouraged because it is like oh my goodness i have been praying and praying and praying and god you're not showing up for me uh it created a lot of discontent uh, and a lot of unbelief within my heart. Cause like I just said, 
God was always bigger than the problem. And here I am with the problem and I'm praying and I'm giving it to God. And I'm not, you know, sometimes we pray and it's like, Oh God, save me. And then we go back to doing it. No, I didn't want to be this way. I didn't want to be depressed. I didn't want to have anxiety. I didn't, I didn't want it. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't like waking up like, Oh, I can't wait to kill myself today. No, it was torment and it was an earthly hell. Every day that I woke up from, from that time was unpleasant um, for me. And one of the things that I had learned to do was put on a mask, you know? My unpleasantness, my discontent with life has nothing to do with other people, has nothing to do with the gifts that I offer, has nothing to do with how I can help people and my desires and things like that. And so within those eight years, I would be in church, consistently in church, doing my best to give, trying to be on leadership teams, trying to like grow and evolve because I felt like I just, I had to have not been doing enough for me to reach that level of deliverance. You know what I'm saying? But that's not true. Um, over this course of time, I have met people that I'm still cool with now in the church. I have served with people. I have been around people. People have seen, people have loved me. People have prayed for me, um, done all this stuff. And I'm still depressed and filled with anxiety. Huh. And I had gotten to a point where I began to question if God was real. Like, not in a blasphemy way, because ain't nobody blaspheming over here, okay? But I questioned if God was real, because my whole life, it's always been God's bigger than the problem. More importantly, I have all, if I ever prayed for something, I could see the evidence of, of the answer of what I prayed for. I could see, you know what I'm saying, it being worked out. So here I am with a request and it's not being answered. You know what I'm saying? Here I am doing my part, casting my burdens, laying them to the side, going to he who can heal me. And I'm like, heal me, and I'm still unhealed. And that, that was like the beginning of like almost my fall off from God. But let me, I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. Like, it's kind of hard to fall off from God when you know him <laughs> and you know what his word says. Uh, and so I knew that there was a lie somewhere, but it's like, I don't, it has to, it just has to be there's something wrong with me. So I then, uh, so I got the diagnosis in 2018. And that was the beginning of my new life. And it, it really didn't get good till like now. <laughs> um, and the diagnosis, with the diagnosis came a lot of truth. Um, I had like talked, you know, uh, candidly with people about my being, feeling like I'm depressed or something, but I never really like said I have depression or this is what I'm feeling. So. When I tried to kill myself in 2018, it exposed that to a lot of people. My mom, my sister, a couple of my friends, my boyfriend at the time who knew I was depressed, but I don't think he knew to the level that it was at, and family members. And everybody was just so confused. And I'm like, I don't know how you guys are confused. A nigga has been miserable. And it was because I was really good at putting on a mask. Something about mental illness makes you alienate yourself. It makes you feel like you are the only person that feels this way and it's crazy. 
And then when you have that within the church, the church is telling you that it's a spirit. And so now I'm like, okay, let me cast out the spirit. And then it ain't casted out and it's still here. So now I don't want to talk to the people in the church because I'm like, they're going to judge me because I'm doing something wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm praying about something and ain't nothing changing. So they're going to know that I'm, there's something wrong with me. Right? So it was like guilt on, on every turn. I just kept it to myself because I had learned throughout my childhood to suppress stuff. If it's negative, suppress it. Okay. Somebody molested you, suppress it. Somebody raped you, suppress it. Someone called you a nigger with the hard R, suppress that. People are making you feel like you don't belong somewhere, suppress that. You don't feel adequate, suppress that. Somebody has inappropriately made an inappropriate comment to you, suppress that. Somebody has stolen from you, suppress that. Somebody has done you wrong, suppress that. Somebody has lied on you, suppress that. I was queen of suppressing and 2018 was the boiling point of my suppression. Um, after the first time, the first in 2015, not 2015, when I was 15 years old, I had a nervous breakdown and I completely like my whole world shifted and changed. And I was like, just that, that was the beginning of my depression, but it started because I did a lot of suppressing. And through a therapy session that I accidentally sat on, I had uncovered that I had been sexually abused. And that was way too much for my 15 year old mind to wrap my head around and I was not prepared. And um, what it did was, was it, un it uncapped my depression. Because my, before that point I had kept it under wraps. So a lot of, like you would see, you could see the outward signs of depression, but not really. And then that, that, by that time it was unbottled and I could not contain it anymore. Uh, and so boom, you girls depressed, but still moving, still working. Um, I think I, I had had a couple of relationships in between then. Um, I dated people. I had friends. I was supportive of people. Um, this also comes with me interceding at church for people, praying for people, being a part of ministry. Uh, I was a dance leader for, a, I, I was either on a dance team or leading the dance team almost all of those years. <laughs> and I was messed up. Uh, and one of the things that I want to say to that is I wish I seen it then. And I wish I could have seen it earlier that even though I was absolutely depressed, I was still living with it. And so I wish that I would have seen that it wasn't going to be something that was going to change or overcome or ruin my life. Because if I could live with it then, I could live with it now, just healthier. Um, so boom, 2018, yada, yada, yada. Um, and it took me a while to, um, to understand truths. Because again, growing up within church culture, you hear that your problem is not really a problem, basically. It's just a spirit that you can cast out. It's not a real thing. You're not depressed. You just have the spirit of sadness within you. And if you cast that spirit out, it won't be there. Or if you stop being around the people who are not edifying God, then you won't be that way. But there's a problem that you're causing. And that's why you're like this. And that's how I felt. And for the first time in my life, I had somebody tell me that it wasn't anything that I did. 
It's just how I'm wired. And so, although I didn't understand in that moment, that was one of that was one of the best things that could have happened to me was to hear that this thing that I have been struggling with and thinking like trying to overcome and working so hard to not be it is me and it's okay that it's me and so I it took me a while like a journey of accepting it and and being okay with it and understanding it and then I kind of got a little complacent like a lot of people do. Well, shoot, I got depression, so it just don't get no better. You know, this is how I'm going to be. And then, you know, still I started going back to church again. Um, I started going to a church called Moments of Blessings. Because, I mean, irregardless of whether I was in the church house or whether I felt however, whatever questions I had about God, I maintained a relationship with God. I prayed a lot listen to a lot of worship music, I maintain some type of communication with God because that was really all that I've known my whole life. And irregardless of what's going on, God always come through for the kids, you feel me? So I started going to a church called Moments of Blessing. Shout out to Erica um, for uh, talking to me on the street randomly. And um, I just started going there and just for, we, we prayed on Fridays, every other Friday, one of my favorite things to do, believe it or not, did a lot of praying. Um, and at first I kept on saying, God, deliver me from depression. God, deliver me from depression. God, deliver me from anxiety. And then over time, it changed. My, my wording changed to God, deliver me from the bondage of depression. Deliver me from the bondage of anxiety. Because one thing that I realized is I have depression and anxiety, but how I choose to let it, let it dictate my life is up to me. And I had created a prison within inside of my own head um, of disappointment and sadness and um, abandonment and hurt and pain and all these different things that my depression was feeding on and so was my anxiety like feeding on them to where it just felt like I might as well quit and so one service amen that's what I got I got delivered from the bondage of those things and it didn't mean that I, I walked out of there without depression and anxiety because I didn't uh, definitely still had it but I had finally felt free enough to live the life that I wanted to live. And within being freed from that bondage, I found a fight. Because uh, when you're bound, you can't fight. You may want to fight, but you can't. And so with, with, with me being free from bondage, I was able to put my fist up and to fight for the life that I wanted. Um, and if, if you know me, hey man, uh, or you've been around me recently, you know how I feel about myself and I feel like I'm going to change the world. I believe that wholeheartedly, not in a cocky way, but I believe that I am going to change the world. 
I believe that I have the tools, the desire, the gifts, the all of that, the compassion, the love, all of that to change the world that I'm going to do that. And so from then on, this is about six months after I got diagnosed, six months after that became the real, the real journey, the real fight. And I will, I'm gonna be the first person to tell you right now, if anybody tells you that that's an easy journey, that's an easy fight, it's not. Oh, and before, and without, without not acknowledging this, I, for six months, I tried medication. They put me on pills uh, to help me with my depression and it didn't help. It made things like way worse way worse um oh my goodness oh i yeah and so that's why i started i prayed for the de the deliverance of bondage because i was like okay god i went to the doctor and they told me something and i followed um what was supposed to help but it didn't help so i'm gonna go back to what i know and that's you and me and so for some people you can, you can just do medication and therapy and that'll work for you. And if it does, I am so happy for you. But um, there are a lot of people who know what I know is that depression, anxiety, mental health does not just have one way to treat it. And it's not one specific way. So what works for me may never work for the person next to me, but what works for them may never work for me, but it's still a solution, amen. Um, so I prayed for that. I got that. And then I had to work. The Bible says that pray, uh, faith without works is, ooh, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. And so I prayed and I had the faith. Then I had to put in the work. And that, that, that's honestly where it began for me. What the work looked like for me was, um, uh, confronting my childhood. Uh, I just kind of chose to just act like that didn't happen and I just move past it. But I had to confront my childhood. There were a lot of character traits that I had, a lot of coping mechanisms, a lot of learned responses to um, to things that were not that were unhealthy and absolutely wrong that I learned in my childhood out of a place of survival. And so now that I'm no longer in survival mode and I get to live now. Um, things have to be done differently. And that's a journey that I'm on now. So you're looking at me about 300 steps into the journey. Uh, so it's a lot easier for me to talk about it. But like in the beginning, it was hard. There were so many days that I would cry. There were so many days where I still felt riddled with depression. There were so many days where my anxiety would be so bad that I couldn't leave the house. Um, this is afterwards, after the deliverance of bondage, all of these things, but I kept on pressing. Um, because like I told you, when I, when I prayed for that thing to happen and I got freed, I was re-given my desire and ability to fight. Um, the most important things for me to have understand and come to grips with was there was room on the cross for me and my mental health issues. There was room on the cross for me and my depression and me and my anxiety. 
irregardless of what some people may say, when Jesus decided to get his behind on that cross, well, you know what I mean? Like, cause he didn't really get on there. They <laughs> hammered him in, but he made a choice. When Jesus decided to die for my sins, uh, he knew I'd be like this. Uh, he knew that I'd be a firm believer in him, a longtime believer in him, and I'd still struggle with this mental health thing. He knew that, I, that I'd really struggle. He also knew that I would be important to him, important enough to die for my sins so that way I feel like I have a way out. I am just as much saved as I was before. Because one of the things that I mentioned, but I want to like really emphasize this was from 15 to 23, like 21-ish, 22, I was in the church. Like, uh, like you can, like, I was in the church. In the church. Um, praying for people, going to feed the homeless sometimes, working with kids, part of a part of a dance ministry, sometimes leading the dance ministry, an active member in church, active. You see me, you knew me. When the church traveled, I traveled too. I wanted to be a part of the youth ministry, so I traveled with them as well. I was in the church. And uh, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit in church, uh, that wasn't questioned. But I was still depressed. <laughs> I cannot explain how many times I've been in a church and then felt condemned for being depressed as if I want to be depressed as if I want to have anxiety for those of you who don't know what it is like to be like that it is not fun imagine knowing your worth imagine knowing what you're capable of imagine knowing that that you can provide good to the world and then having the same piece of your, uh, another part of your mind that knows these things tell you you can't. Or imagine waking up on Christmas morning and, and nothing excites you and you wanna die. That is what it was like for me. I would have anxiety attacks in church. Like split in church. In church, I'm having an anxiety attack and I'm just telling myself, well, that's just, that's just a spirit. That, that, that's a spirit. That's a spirit. No, what it was is a uh, trigger to something that happened and I needed to deal with it. <sighs> Y'all, it's real. Depression and anxiety is a real thing. And a lot of our kids are struggling with it. And that was one of the things that I wanted to say. I was 15 when I could acknowledge that I was depressed. But really, it started around 12 or 13. And when I say it started around 12 or 13, I was not like outside. At 12 and 13, I ran track, I went to school, and I went to church. That was it. I didn't like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't having sex or anything. I wasn't even dating boys. That was it. To church, to school. To home to track practice that was it and so and even at 15 15 to church to school till I dropped out um, to home to a sport I never did anything so I wasn't out there in the world 
I wasn't uh, getting comfortable with unclean spirits. I wasn't doing anything that I wasn't supposed to do. And uh, I still, I still was depressed. But there is a solution. And God wants you to have and find the solution. It, but it takes, it takes work. My, what I call spiritual meter, my spiritual meter didn't change. I wasn't any less close with God 15 to 23 than I am now. Like I'm just as every bit of saved now as I was then. Probably a little bit more then than I am now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. But I'm serious. It, it, depression and anxiety, mental health, should never and should no longer be a disqualifier for God's kingdom. And I think that, um, you know, with knowledge and understanding comes acceptance and tolerance. Uh, and so I hope that we continue as a church to grow, but there has to be room for everybody on the cross. If not, the cross would be kind of small. At the end, uh, please like and comment. I would love to hear your comments if you deal with mental health or you know someone deals with mental health or or maybe you feel or anything. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are as well as if this if this resonated with you. If you got something out of this or you think that somebody will get something out of this, please share it. The information does is not just for you. <laughs> it's for everybody. Let's share. If you have come into the Is It family, I hope that you want to invite others. This is a place for everyone. All walks of life, all different ailments, all different thought processes, all different skin colors. You just got to believe in God. You know what I'm saying? Believe in God. I mean, maybe maybe if you're like learning to believe in God too. We appreciate all of you guys who have listened. Some of my stuff has like 30 views or like 15 listens and that's major for me. <laughs> I hope to see you guys on Tuesday for Transparent Tuesday. If you don't know where to find Transparent Tuesdays or more content, please follow my social medias. I have a Facebook page, I have an Instagram page, and I also have a Twitter page. I don't be tweeting on Twitter because I tweet on my personal Twitter and I just, I just, I don't know what to tweet. Like, do I just tweet about Jesus or do I tweet from my standpoint? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you guys looking for? I don't know. But all my social medias are I'm saved, I think, in any variation, I'm trying to tell you, ain't nobody doing it. So when you look it up, you're going to see a floating head. You're going to be like, oh yeah, that's Mecca. <laughs> there she go. As well as if there is a topic that you want me to talk about, or you have a biblical question, or just a question about yourself, or friendships, or whatever, or maybe there was something that I said in one of my videos that you want me to elaborate on or to bring up, like, please, like, ask the questions towards the end of the video, I'm going to always going to leave about five to 10 minutes to answer questions or do Q and A's or comments or concerns or whatever the case may be. But, uh, this video kind of long, I'm a go. All right, y'all I'm out. Love you guys. Please be blessed. Be, <laughs> I'm out.
Oh, oh, also, um, Black Lives Matter, you know what I'm saying? Yes, Black Lives Matter, um, get our kids out of cages as well as dump Trump, and we did. And uh, what else? What else? Wear a mask, people. I'm tired of being in the house by force, okay? I like to be in the house by choice. I don't like when my choices are taken away from me and y'all out here not wearing masks, going outside, turning up, shaking your shaking your money makers, okay? And you are making sure that I can't do what I like to do. Christmas is coming up. I want to go outside to do Christmas stuff and I can't because I don't want to die. Get y'all.